0: Father, we thank you, Lord, tonight for the assembling of the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for all those that's watching by way of YouTube and the the global community. Lord, we are excited tonight also for those that's in the house tonight. We pray, God, that you would bless them and that you would anoint them. May their ears now and their heart be open and receptive to the Word of God. And Lord, I pray for your anointing upon me to declare it with accuracy, with sanity, and with simplicity, especially when the topic tonight is simply grace. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. All right. So, if you're taking notes tonight, I want to review just a little bit in case you weren't here last Wednesday. Um, in talking about what simply grace is, Ephesians chapter 2 was, was one of my main scriptures that I, I spoke about. And in that, we talked about the difference of grace. That is defined in the Old Testament and grace that is defined in the New Testament. Ephesians 2 verses 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. What is the gift of God? The grace to receive it, the salvation itself. It is the gift of God, not of works, not of something you did, lest any man should boast. Romans chapter 1 verse 5 says that through him we have received grace and then Acts chapter 4, verse 33 says, And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon a few of them. And great grace was upon them what? Oh. It was upon all of them. So hallelujah. This grace that we're talking about is not a grace that is just for a few. It is a grace for all that know the Lord, have received the Lord. They have this great grace that is upon them. Can I get a witness? Okay, let me get my button out. Thank you. (laughs) Got my amen button out. Let me test the volume for just a little bit. One more time. Thank you. I like that. Hallelujah. So in the second lesson, we're going to be talking about looking at the difference between works and the difference in actually grace itself. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 11 and verse number 6. Romans chapter 11 verse 6. We're going to be talking about the difference in works because that really arrested me as I began preparing for the messages that it talks about that if it's grace versus works. And then this verse of Scripture we're going to look at in Romans 11, 6. Uh, it, actually, it actually took me back. I don't think I've ever remembered it being quite this strong of a word. So let's read it. It says in Romans 11:6 6, in the New King James Version on the screen says, and if by grace, then it is no longer of works Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. Did you ever know in the Bible or hear anybody ever say before that you can start off doing something by grace and then you can add some works to it and that grace ceased to be grace? I didn't either. So as I begin looking at this, I begin thinking about that. So how does grace cease to be grace? And according to the Bible, it's our doing works in that is what it talks about. Uh, there is a difference in obtaining it by working for it, or trying to earn something and not working for it, but simply believing and receiving and working that out, knowing you're doing it in the strength of the Lord and by His name and by the Holy Spirit. Can I get a witness? Oh, got to turn it up a little bit more. Can I get a witness? Thank you. All right. So in the Amplified version, it says in this, I've got a three, three more to talk about just to help clear up that, what does that mean? In the Amplified, it says, but if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace, but it, it, it would not be a gift, but a reward for the works. That helps. The next one is from the CEB or the Common English Bible. Romans eleven six 6 says, but, but if it is by grace... It isn't by what's done anymore. If it were, God's grace wouldn't be grace. Romans chapter 11, verse 6, in the disciples' literal New Testament says, And if it is by choosing, by the choosing of grace, it is no longer by works, otherwise the grace becomes grace no longer. And then probably my favorite in Romans eleven six, 6, the New Living Translation says it this way, And since it is through God's kindness, then it is not by their good works, for in that case, God's grace would not be what re- what it really is—free and undeserved. Amen. Wow! Amen. So, man, when I re- <laughs> thank you. So when I read that and begin to just download that and study what that meant to me and recognize. Man, I, it was free and undeserved. It's not something that I did to obtain it or get a reward for it. Or like we do in so much of life, we, we do things and we get promotions. Come on, somebody. We get, we get these other things. And yet it says that it stops being grace because it's something that God did for us and He bestows upon us versus something that we acquired by ourselves. So in other words, it's not something you can do to, to obtain the grace. You just simply have to believe and simply receive it. Anybody in the house want to receive a little bit more grace? Hallelujah. Walking in His. I'll give the definition again. Grace is the power to be what you don't have the power to be. And grace is the power to do what you don't have the power to do. Boy, and there's a lot of things that will be coming down the road, Pastor Austin, of us doing things in Sherman, Texas, that we don't have the power to do. A lot of things. Are you all looking around all the construction going on? I call it the inroads. God's preparing inroads into Sherman, Texas. Right now it can land like a distraction and a detour. <laughs> but it really is, once it's all done, it's going to be inroads. This is an interesting fact. I'll just pause for a second in my message. Because y'all need to know about what in the world is going on with all this. I found out when they started talking about building these roads in Sherman that they'd had on their radar for several years that they wanted to have a, an interstate from Dallas, Texas, that would go up into Oklahoma. And so they looked at Highway 75, and they said, well, you know, that's a pretty good straight road that just goes and has got a good place, 635, the loop and all those things that goes straight in. And so they came and started looking at Sherman and and recognizing, wouldn't it be great if we had them as being a part of this interstate? But what they found out was the bridges were old. And we can't run all our new roads across all these old bridges. And so they tried to get Sherman to work on their bridges, and Sherman didn't work on their bridges. So there has to be this, what in the world is going on? So it's taken years and decades to get to the place, finally, that a grace upon a Sherman City Council and the grace upon a people that wants to see it done, a grace that we have to allow these building of the new bridges so we can have the building of the new roads, so we can have not just a Highway 75, but we can have an Interstate 75 that goes from Dallas all the way to Oklahoma. So it is actually an inroad of the Spirit. Y'all feel it? There are people that will be coming to this location and to this city that would have never thought about coming to Sherman. It's what Pastor Wayne talks about, that he used to be off a radar, remember? And I don't know that I want to be on radar, he would say. But now that he's on radar, (laughs) there's a lot of radar stuff going on, hallelujah. So it's the same thing, I think, in this. So we're getting our hearts right, we're getting our, our attitudes right, we're making sure that what we're doing is not just an inconvenience, but it's something that needs to take place. So it, it prepares a proper road and a proper place. So listen, so people can actually get to Sherman easier. Hallelujah. Sorry, I just scanned the crowd for a minute and I saw a guy that was playing the bass guitar tonight. And he was one of those guys that played at Jubilee. and actually sang at Jubilee. Did y'all recognize that Greg is in the house tonight? Yes, sir. And then I saw... Then I saw somebody else singing up here that I also recognize a face that hadn't been on the stage before. And she's setting furrows few rows back and I won't introduce by saying a name, but, but did y'all see a new face on the stage tonight? That's exciting to me. And because of all that, not really, but because of all that, I bought a new suit. Hallelujah. So did y'all notice that I'm wearing a new suit tonight? Hallelujah. So what is all that? That's grace. <laughs> it's grace that we have that we can do. Matter of fact, I had a grace when I got this, Greg. I, got, I went into Belks, and I went in saying, "Carlos Sue's going to go buy makeup. I'm going go to go. I'm not going to stand in the makeup aisle looking at this stuff. I'm going to go look at the men's clothes. So I went over to the men's clothes, and they had this suit hanging on this rack. And I said, I wonder if that fits me. I went and I tried it on, and I think it fits pretty good. <laughs> I looked at, the, at the, the tag on the coat. And I went, oh, I need a grace. Hallelujah. I went back to the rack, and I hung it back on the rack, and the rack that I was looking at that I took it from said 50% off. And I said, that's a grace. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So if God does that for me, if he does that with us, come on. He's not, I'm not just talking about me. He does it for us as well, right? Hallelujah. So there is a grace that God gives us that in the spirit and spiritual things, it is free and undeserved. All we have to do is simply believe and simply receive. So what does it mean that it's done by works? And I wrote in simplicity, if it's you doing something to achieve it, then it's flesh. It's your ability. It's your efforts. If it's done by grace, it's a gift offered from God on his part that you simply, one more time, believe and by faith you receive. So I had all of those prepared and all those things ready to go. And I turned all that in Monday night, hallelujah, to get ready. And I was awakened at 3.04 this morning. And I heard in my heart the Holy Spirit say, but you forgot to include the three points. And I said, what three points? I just had the scriptures and just to kind of comment as I went along. And I heard in my heart, but you forgot the three points. And I said, but I can't do that t- today. Today. <laughs> Uh, And so what he did, he gave me a simple way to understand. So by my examples, I'm going to give you the three points with three examples. And you're going to have this memorized so that as you begin thinking about grace and what that means, you're going to have three ways to know what that grace means. And one of these I'll be talking about, uh, when I went to Bible college years and years ago in Bible college, they told me in, in that time, they said, there's three things you do not want to talk about. You can't preach about this because you're going to cause trouble. I preached on one of those one time about divorce and remarriage. Uh, No, I didn't get in trouble. (laughs) No, because I had a grace. (laughs) It was well received and it brought clarity to people. Some people that were struggling with, with things, it brought clarity to them. And so the second one I'm going to be talking about in just a minute is the subject of, and it's been in me for a few days of... When we're seeking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we're talking about people that are are being filled with the Spirit and operating in the grace of what the Holy Spirit's doing in us and through us, I've had it in my mind these words of, then how can we teach and help people with, then why is it important that people pray in tongues? And the second thing they taught me in Bible college was, you don't preach on tongues. Well, (laughs) I believe there's a grace that's going to be on us Just to bring clarity and simplicity again of why is that important. Just last Sunday, we had last Sunday in one of our services, we had 10 people that asked for and and wanted and believed for to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And 10 people received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I personally believe there's going to be others that will be coming from different faiths and denominations and all this. And they don't understand Sometimes because of bad experiences or something that they heard about bad experiences. I don't want none of those kind of experiences. But if we understand that it's in the Bible and there's a grace for this, and so the power of what that is, that's what I'm excited about sharing with you tonight. And so I'm going to get into that. So here's my three points if you're taking notes that won't be up there on the screen. So you need to write these three things down or just commit it to memory. In my examples, I'm going to talk about number one, about a grace to show. In my second example, I'm going to to talk about a grace to know. And in my third example, I'm going to be talking about a grace to flow. There is a grace to show. There is a grace to know. And there is a grace to flow. So, Romans chapter 5 and verse number 5 talks about that, that love the love of God is a grace gift. It's a grace to show. So this is what it says in Romans 5.5. 5. It says that the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So when you got the grace of salvation and you received the Lord, one of the things that happened at the, at the same time that that happened was that the Holy Spirit came into your life and it says that the love of God was poured into our hearts by Him. And this is a grace that is to be shown. Not that we just own, but it is, see, I just just connected the dots for you too. It's a grace that we need and we're supposed to be showing this. So it says in John chapter 13, verse 35, Jesus said, By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So why do we need to love one another? so that the world will know that we're His disciples by the love that we show, not just by the love that we know, but by the love that we show. Have have y'all ever ran into somebody that's just a little bit difficult to love? (laughs) Even in church. Don't raise your hand. Don't look at your neighbor. So it's in the Bible for a reason that we need to have this love in us. And there's, there's some situations, I believe, Especially, we need to have a grace for, to love people. In the New Testament, there are 35 times the word one another is used in different ways. The first of those and the primary of those is that you are to love one another. You get to practice it all the time. (laughs) I'll say it this way. That you wanted to love somebody, but you went this way to love somebody. And you get to practice it again that we love one another. So it is a love gift that's been given to us that we are to show. And the primary reason that Jesus said that we have it to show is so that the world will know about the love that we show it to one another that we are His disciples that they'll see something different in us, that they'll recognize that in a dark place where people can be, that it's the light that shines in that darkness for people. And that demonstration of light that comes to them is not a bright light shining of Jesus like it was with Saul in Acts chapter 9. It's the love that we are showing one to another. That love demonstration that we show makes people recognize there really are disciples of Jesus still alive and in the world today by the love that we're showing. Okay, here we go. Thank you. It's It's by the love that we show. The message translation says, when they see the love you have for each other, they'll know that you're His disciples. So what is the greatest witness that we have in our life and in the light that's shining in the darkness is by the love that we're showing to one another. Number two, not only is there a grace to show, secondly, there is a grace to know. In John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, a grace to know. In John 14, 12 through 14, it says it this way. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me The works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. I'm going to pause. So this grace gift of knowing, it's not any place in the Bible until Jesus comes up. And when Jesus walked on this planet... And he, this right before he's going to be dying on the cross. He makes a statement and tells the people, to, he's telling the guys, listen, guys, this is important. You need to be praying. And this is something that's a grace that you're going to be having to know that what you're praying is in my name. Yeah. And listen, when you're praying in my name, it's not just a tag at the end of a, of a prayer. <laughs> it is something that when you say it in my name, it's something that I will do. Think about that. That's what it says. That the fa- and why? It goes on to say that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Then he said, says, he turns it around again, if you ask anything in my name, you're going to be able to get it done. Is that what it said? If you ask anything in my name, what does it say? I'll do it. Now, he does it many times in us and through us. But yet, if we recognize what that grace gift is that we need to know, it's not something that just we did or something we just declared over somebody else, but it's something that the Lord says that I will do it if we say, in the name of Jesus. So it's a grace gift that we need to know what that is. Hallelujah. Well, I I just feel that just sinking in with us. So in the name of Jesus, He does that in us and through us. And the question is, do you know that? That's why it's a grace gift that you need to know this. Because otherwise you'll try to do that works thing and you'll try to do some things in yourself to accomplish things in and of yourself. And yet it is a grace gift that happens in us because of the Lord that lives in us and works through us. Then number three, the third grace gift is a grace gift to flow. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8, or you can see it on the screen. Romans chapter 8, verse 16, then verses 26 and 27. There is a grace to flow. I so appreciate the confirmation by the Holy Spirit. Because it says that when the Holy Spirit would come and would be a part of our lives, that He would bring power, is what it says that would happen. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, is what it says. So after you receive the Holy Spirit, then there's this also, Jesus said, that out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. There's power that flows out of us. So it's a grace to flow. It's not just something that we just know, or maybe something we wrestle with that we don't want to know, but it's something that flows out of us. It's because that we, we know. So this is what it says in Romans eight sixteen. It says, the Spirit, and in In the New King James Bible, it says it with a capital S, which means it's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Notice little s, talking about our spirit, that we are the children of God. So watch it one more time. So the Holy Spirit who dwells in us himself will bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Hallelujah, that it's him that's that's saying these things to us. So when the devil tries to condemn us, or the devil tries to convince us that we're not a child of God, it's he himself who convinces us that we are. I'm bearing witness with your spirit. Listen to it, not to your head. (laughs) There's a lot of things I can't convince you, just trying to deal with your head about it. So I'm going to deal with your spirit part of you. Do you, do you. Does that resonate with you? Does it have that in you that, echo, that echoes and resonates? It, it resounds, this, this thing. Is, I don't know what I think about that necessarily. I don't know what I feel about that necessarily. But I know that I know that that was not something that happened just to my own conviction, my own determination. It was the Holy Spirit himself that bore witness with my spirit on the inside. All right, Now, if we get that part, that's important, verse 16, because now we're going to go down to verse 26 and 27. Let me talk about the thing I'm not supposed to be preaching about, (laughs) but I'm going to preach about. It starts off in verse 26 saying this. It says, likewise. Likewise of what? Likewise of what we just talked about, that it's the Holy Spirit that's doing the work. It's a grace. It's the Holy Spirit that's doing the witnessing to our spirit. So it says, likewise. The Spirit, notice capital again, the Spirit, same person, who is in us, I'm talking about, also helps us in our weaknesses. Well, that's a good word too. Isn't that a great, great place also to thank the Lord that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses? Because There's a lot of things we can face and fight and if we don't have Him helping us, that's why also Jesus said that the greater one that lives in you, that's important, greater is He that's within you, 1 John 4, 4, than he that's within the world. He also helps us in our weaknesses, a big word that we just kind of go over sometimes. Next word is the word, little three-letter little word, three-letter word, for, and that means because. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses because, now look, we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Boy, is that the truth. Many times we don't know how to pray as we should. And what we do sometimes we, when we don't know how to pray as we should, we just don't pray because we don't know how to pray as we should. Or we get somebody else to pray that maybe can pray like they know like they should, because we don't know how to pray like we know that we should. So we get somebody else to pray. Wait, would you pray? Because you know how to pray as you should. <laughs> See how confusing I gets. But it says in this, it says, we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but, and that also means like a repent word, you're going one way, you do a 180. When you're repenting, you're going the other direction. It's a 180. It's the same thing in this. When you're reading things in Scripture, you're going one way. And then when you hit that but word, you go the other way. You're going this way. So He just said to us, don't lose the track. He said to us that we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but... It's a different turn now. I'm going to say something different. But the Spirit Himself, sounds like I heard that earlier. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us. He prays for us. How does He pray for us? Does he, is He like Jesus, seated by the Father's right hand, ever living to pray for us? No, He's praying for us from the inside of us, not outside of us. He's praying inside of us to pray. So how does that look like? How does that look like He's praying for us? Let's read on. He makes intercessions for us. Look at the next word. It's a little cringe. It says with groanings. I translated. This is Pastor Terry paraphrase. With sounds, syllables and distinctions of language that you do not know. So when those sounds, groanings, syllables come out, it's not just sound syllables, it is The Holy Spirit interceding through us with those sounds is what He's doing. Well, I'm afraid to make those sounds. I'm afraid it might be me. It will be you. It will be your vocal cords, your breath and your lungs that will come through your vocal cords, that will come through an open mouth, because you don't think in tongues, you speak in tongues. And as it comes out of your mouth, it'll be Him helping you with your tongue Oh, I just had a picture, and it's a wrong picture, so I'm going to tell you why it's a wrong picture. People have a fear that if the Holy Spirit, if I give Him access to my tongue and yield my tongue to Him, that He'll take me by the tongue and jerk me around, and I'll lose control, and I'll never get it back. That is a lie from the devil. According to the word of God in Corinthians, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet, which means you're always in control. You can stop anytime or start anytime you want to. You're the one who's giving control of the rain so you can open your mouth and do it or not. Man, I'm glad I said that. That was a good... You can. Next part. Makes intercession for us with groanings, with sounds... Not with silence, but with sounds which cannot be uttered. And that simply means that we do not understand for us in our English language. Those sounds cannot be spoken in our known language. Those sounds have to be spoken by our tongue and by us that is actually directed by the Holy Spirit. And what He's doing is not trying to make us feel weird. or odd, what he's actually trying to do is to help us when I'm saying these things through you, Terry, it's me, myself, that is praying through you to the Father. I'm praying that way. So we call it, a lot of times, we call it our prayer language. is what we call it. And it's something that has to be developed, just like it does with our little kids. And even us growing up, it had to be developed. When you were born, I'll make sure When you were born, did you look at your mama and say, when am I going to get some milk? I'm starving. (laughs) Did you say, hey, come on now, give me some more of that applesauce. What's going on? When you were born, a little baby, did you start talking and saying things that they understood? Come on, y'all, think about this with me. When you were born naturally and you started talking, think about your children, they started talking to you. They didn't go... Hi mom, what's up? (laughs) When they started talking to you, they made sounds. It was sounds, it was syllables. And so the mama or the goo goo, dad (laughs) da, turned into a sound. It turned into a language. Right? So the more that we understand that the Holy Spirit himself is praying through us to give those things, then he's giving us those sounds. We understand what the sounds are and those sounds are not just going to be stuck on sound. It's going to be something that we recognize. I don't know what I'm saying in this, but I do know that whatever he is saying in me and through me, he's saying it to the father and whatever it is, he's praying to God's perfect will for my life. Man, I am just on cruise control. Just say what you want to say, Holy Spirit, to the Lord, and anytime I want to stop, I can. And I don't violate anything. I don't upset him. But Paul said it like this. This is what he said. He said, I speak in tongues more than you all. So I wrestled with that for a little while. And this is what I heard in my heart when I heard that. So even when you're driving down down the road, Terry, in your truck, and you begin to pray in your prayer language, not think in it, but pray in your prayer language, you're by yourself. What does that do? What does that accomplish, if anything? And the answer is, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to pray about things, Himself, in you and through you, so that it flows out of you. And it don't just flow and hit on the road or land in the the floorboard of the truck. It flows according to the word I'm teaching you. It flows right up to the throne of God. And God the Father hears what's being said. And it glorifies Him. So if it don't upset God that we're praying in tongues, sounds we don't understand. Then why does it upset people? Why would it upset us? I don't know about this thing. I don't know what that's about. Well, it's a grace gift. Last part, verse 27. Now, he who searches the hearts, which is God the Father, knows what the mind of the capital S, what the mind of the Holy Spirit is, what he's thinking, what he's saying. Next part, because he makes intercession for the saints. Right? Next part, according to the will of God. I sure wish that I I knew that every time I prayed, that I just prayed the perfect will of God. Over my life, I just read how you can know. But if you don't pray in that prayer language, then you're praying in your own knowing, trying to hit the will of God, versus you're praying in a grace gift that just allowing Him to flow, He does it perfectly and does it every time according to the will of God. Does this make sense to anybody? Thank you. So in this flow then, these rivers that are intended to be rivers that flow out of our spirit, that's how it's supposed to be done. It's where He is in our spirit Himself, and so He is causing this flow, this grace to flow, and as it's flowing out of us to see the purpose and the reality of what it's for. So we are partnering with us in prayer language and flowing in that, so there is a grace to show, there is a grace to know. And there is a grace to flow. So by way of conclusion then tonight, these grace grace gifts are not done by our works, but they are done by faith. We must partner in this grace of allowing Him to do in us and through us what He alone can accomplish if we'll just yield to Him and just let Him do it. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. Anybody get anything out of the Word of God tonight? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, tonight for being with us. God, thank you for the word. I pray, Lord, that may these words, Lord, may it sink into our heart and into our life. I thank you, God, tonight for the church. I thank you, Lord, for these that are assembled together. I pray, God, that may these grace gifts rest upon us in all that you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.